The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about why people might find your email marketing boring, and of course, we're going to share with you what you can do about it. Now, before we get into that, we've put together something really cool for you just recently, and it's free, both cool and free. You see, you want to make more sales from your email marketing. That's why you're listening to this show, but you can't make sales if you haven't got more people clicking on the links in your emails. So that's why we decided to put together 12 really creative ways to get more clicks in every email you send from the next email you send in fact in our new download that we're calling click tricks it's yours totally free as a listener to this podcast today all you have to do is go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks he's the one who got covid19 just after christmas it's comedy hypnotist robert temple and he doesn't like eating ice cream in the dark it's psychological mind reader kennedy Okay, so you've you've had the Rona. I did. It uh, cropped Rona's up on been bo- around. Cropped up on Boxing Day. I just had a bit of a cold. I woke up. I say a bit of a cold. I woke up feeling dead on Boxing Day, and I just thought, oh, I've got a cold. So I did a test. I was very cynical about the whole thing. And then, uh, yes, positive test, PCR, all done, and uh, more or less in bed for the next week. Oh dear. Well, you're feeling better now. You're back to your normal, chirpy, but really annoying self, aren't you? Yeah. Sadly, it happened when I was off anyway. I could have had loads of time off and sympathy. I know, because that bloody job you've got. I know. So, are you suggesting that ice cream tastes different in the dark, or it reminds you of horror films in the dark, or what's the crack? So, the thing with ice cream in the dark, I'd, I'd never really put this together until I haven't been to the cinema for years, obviously because of pandemics and shit. And then, so we went to see the the new Scream film the other day, and I got a lovely tub of Ben and Jerry's, and there I am, slowly chewing away on some caramel juju, and the lights go down, and I suddenly realised. You don't know how quickly you have to wriggle your tongue to catch the drippy bit of ice cream if you're in the dark and you can't see the drippy bit of ice cream. So it's it's kind of a confusing thing. Like, how do you know if you've dropped something? That's why I think people at the end of a film sort of, the lights come up, they look down, there's like popcorn all over the lap and they look like, right, stupid? So, yeah, eating in the dark. We need to re- uh, it, reword it as doesn't like eating ice cream in the dark without his favourite bib. It's psychological mind reader Kennedy <laughs> and then you'd be absolutely fine. <laughs> Let's do the show again. I mean, because that's got a much catchier sort of thing. Uh, hello, this is the show where we give course creators, coaches, membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing to be the email marketing hero of your business. That means you make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand spanking new episode every email marketing Wednesday. Happy email marketing Wednesday, Rob. And to you, you can do all the spanking you want. It's still not going to catch on. It's still just. It's still just Wednesday. <laughs> make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player so that we know you're listening you know you're listening and you know you're not going to miss out on a single episode of the show actually while you're listening to this just do us a favor and grab a quick screenshot of the podcast player on your phone or take a quick selfie if that's easier and then stick it onto instagram we're becoming more and more active on instagram so tag us at rob and kennedy make us feel like we've got a little bit more street cred than we actually do make us feel a little bit cooler like we actually than we actually are and uh, we'll share it onto our instagram as well that would be lovely that would be lovely now of course we've we've got a we've got a we've got a sponsor we have got a sponsor all, all, all quite all quite professional in fact we thought we'd actually tell you 
why so many people are switching to Keep for their email marketing automation. You see, we've been using Keep as our marketing email marketing platform of choice for more than 12 years each. I've actually got four accounts between us. It allows you to manage your contacts, build amazing email marketing automations, and literally run your whole marketing and sales system in just one place. And with their swanky new user interface, it's really super intuitive. So go and see exactly why we love it so much by getting uh, by actually getting inside and having a 14-day totally free trial and see why so many small businesses are switching to keep at emailmarketingheroes.com slash keep. Now, before we get into the show, I was just having a quick look through iTunes. I know most of our listeners, a great majority anyway of our listeners, do listen on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. I think you can sort of listen to it on both or something. don't quite understand what Apple have done there. Does anybody understand, by the way? If you understand what's going on there, somebody bloody tell us on Instagram or something, would you? At Robin Kennedy. Anyway, I've looked at some reviews, and our friend Roland Denzel's left this absolutely cracking review. So I thought I'd read it to you, Rob, because I know you've not seen this yet. So it says, what a great and fun show. That's you, Rob, as he's talking about. The hosts are fun and funny, and they make emailing much less daunting. If your business has an email list, and it should, you should listen to Rob and Kennedy every email marketing Wednesday. Check and that, that was his out. words. I didn't put that in. <laughs> well, thank you, Roland, making my life more difficult. But it's always lovely to hear lovely reviews like that. Make sure if you're listening to this and you haven't already, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Because honestly, we love hearing from you. It gives us the warm and fuzzies. And we love to hear what you love about the show. So a lot of people do come to us and say, oh, I feel like my emails are boring or they're not getting as much attention as uh, as sort of they hear us talking about, perhaps, or other people getting. And they think, well, it's because I'm not funny or it's not loads of these things. And people sometimes can get to that thing where they feel like they are a little bit boring. And for me, I was thinking about this when we were talking about, hey, we're going we're gonna to talk about how do you make your emails less boring. And I was thinking one of the things I think a lot of people do is they... They confuse the things that are important to them, a.k.a. your products and services, and the stuff that's actually important to your readers. And the amount of times we see people talking um, talk to their audience in language that's actually internal business language, if that makes sense. They start, right. They're not talking about, well, you know, we, I've got this really good offer, they say to their audience. Well, most audiences don't know what a flip an offer is. Tell them what the thing is. I've got this really good book that's going to help you do this thing. I've got this really good... My new offer is launching tomorrow. Well, okay, oh, right, okay. That's really, really strange. Like, that's an internal business language, not, not an external language. And I think it all, for me sort of comes down to if you're talking about just your products, just your services, just the things that your business does inside of your emails, and that includes, hey, it's Harriet's birthday, isn't Harriet cute because Harriet's the, you know, the, the somebody's baby or the, the, the dog in the office or whatever. Like, all of that stuff is very much about you. And if we go back to Marketing 101, Rob, like when we were reading... Dan Kennedy's newsletter. Remember the the no BS newsletter. One of the things that he talked about in magnetic marketing, all this sort of stuff, copywriting 101, marketing 101 is it shouldn't be about you. It should all be about what do they care about. And I think as long as someone's still talking about their products in their emails, 
it's still about you. Now, of course, it raises the question, what should it be about? If it's not about my damn products, it's my list. It's, it's, it, they're on my list to find out about me. We're going to get into that in a second. But do you still see people? I mean, I see a load of people just talking about this is my new product, this is my new course, my new right. membership, this is what's happening this week. And what that naturally does, I guess, is mean that you end up just sort of barking a sales message all of the time. I have an email that I just subscribed to lists on just to like go through and see what people are emailing. And I just had a flick through it the other day and it's quite incredible just how many people are sending out emails that are, again, like you say, they're all about the products and therefore they're just, you know, the subject line is just something to do with, you know, here's a quicker way to do X. And then you get into the email and it just uh, and it's literally just directly into a reason why you should buy the product there's there's nothing mm. external if the paid product didn't exist there'd be nothing to look at in that email and i think that's an interesting point if you think about newspapers for a second obviously millions of people around the world buy new uh, probably billions i don't know buy newspapers and you know they're 60p a pound i don't buy newspapers i don't know how much they are anymore i'm a bit out of touch <laughs> two two groats two groats for your fine newspaper printing machine but this the, you know you go and buy a newspaper and you read it and there's there's journalism in it it's got stories it's got value whether you trust them or not is a different thing but it's just full of stuff it's full of stories it's and got value. content it's content isn't it and in between them are ads you've got a full page ad for this lovely new chair you can buy this lovely new armchair that'll like stand you up when you're in the later stages of your life or whatever i can tell what ads you're starting to get uh, targeted with robert <laughs> temple <laughs> so and you and on the next page you've got a brand new i don't know mp3 player from the future i'm just trying to hip it up a bit um <laughs> hip replacement more like just by saying mp3 player i think i think it's really dated it more than i'd expected you know that mp3s aren't a thing anymore really i mean you know no that's it's all true. streaming it's now all right streaming. yeah okay anyway so um so anyway you got the newspapers but if it was just if it was just a load of ads nobody would buy it would they if it was literally just like uh businesses have to force catalogs on us like shove them through the door and make you pay attention so i think it's the same thing right if your news if your newsletter your email newsletter as it were every let's say you email every day or three times a week or something if all it was was effectively ads for my stuff that's the newspaper nobody would buy that's the yeah. thing that nobody would want because there's no well, even, value even the in supermarkets it. have stopped doing that i mean i remember um going into marks and spencer's a few years ago which is if you're not in the uk it's like a because he's doing quite of, well for himself <laughs> i was <laughs> it's been a few years um but if you go into that or even on the you know that's kind of like a, a more luxurious shop all the way down to Aldi, which is your more like sort of day-to-day grocery shopping, right? All of them used to have a little magazine of stuff you can buy. This is what the specials are. You know, you can get two tons of meat for a tenner or, you know, all that sort of stuff. It just said mystery meat. You know, all that sort of stuff. Meat. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what we having tonight? Oh, meat. Anyway. Dead something. What, what we having? Meat curry. Great. What meat? Oh, meat. Anyway. Um. But now they've changed. I noticed we picked one of them up more recently from each of those two places. And then now, like, here's some recipes. Like, over Christmas time, they're like, here's here's how to cook the perfect turkey. Here's some really nice desserts you could cook. So even those places, even those shops, where they actually just, all they do is sell stuff. Like you, like us, we just sell stuff. But they're realizing that people will pick that magazine up, take it home, and start flicking through the pages if there's value in there for people to get, if there's right. something of use to serve their own self-interest. They want to know how to not cook a turkey until it's drier than a dry thing, you know? So I think there has to be 
There has to be value. And we, we've talked about this a couple of times, I think, to, to various people. But if someone receives your email and they see your name, right? That's the number one thing that gets your emails open, right? It's your name. They, when they associate your name, what do they think? Are they, are they thinking, well, the only time this person emails me is to tell me what's for sale. Right now, am I in the market for buying that, kind of, that person's kind of stuff? And if the answer is no, they're probably not even going to open the email. Whereas if the answer is yes, they're going to open the email. The problem is you might learn some good copywriting skills. You might improve your email marketing. All of that's not completely wasted, but somewhat wasted, I think, because the only people opening your emails were people who had buyer intent anyway. People who were trying to look around. You know, it's about when you go to the electronic shop and you're like, we've got like curries and stuff, haven't we? We walk around, we look at TVs. We know that person's quite interested in looking and buying a TV already. There's a hell of a lot of buyer intent. Whereas it's much more effective if the people opening your emails are all the people, even if they've got no buyer intent yet. So if they know you're showing up with value, that they're going to learn something, be entertained by something. I mean, there's nine different types of value we talk about for all of you students of our complete daily email strategy. We'll know there's nine different types of value people can extract from your emails. And if they know they're going to get value from it, they're going to open them anyway, which means you get to put your sales message in front of those people even though they might not yet be in the right stage, which means you get to pull more people over that threshold into into buying. So is there any good reason to open your emails if there's no value in them? Probably not, unless they've got a really high level of buyer intent, which means you only do an email selling and not email marketing, probably. Yeah, I mean, even if you've got nothing to sell, even if you don't sell anything in your emails, which you definitely should, mm. but even if you never sell anything in your emails, you should still be able to send an email newsletter every day that people love, deepens relationships, builds trust, does all of that stuff. And what we're saying is, we're not saying you have to send loads of content-only emails in, and, and then you can sneak out and do a sales pitch in fact we would recommend not doing that then the sales pitch comes out of the blue instead do these cool emails that people love reading that have value and interesting stuff in them that are super short easy to consume just a little hint a little tip a little story some kind of inspiration to set their day going within your market within whatever it is that you teach or you know about whatever it is that you sell and then casually mention the thing that you sell and then every once in a while when you've got a big promotion happening or there's a new product or something is going you can go a bit more hell for leather straight into the sales pitch and, and be really sturdy with it but then the rest of the time in between those things like we do those like every i don't know four five six weeks in between those things just show up every day or as often as your frequency allows with a little bit of cool inspiration and value totally i mean one of the things that i think we've got to remember with our, all of our email stuff is and all of our marketing not just email is the point of our of all marketing and all yeah just marketing really is to grab people's attention keep their attention and also leave as much of our messaging stuck inside of people's brains as possible like if somebody hears your message and then walks away and then has no clue no recollection of it then it was a waste of time that's why like advertising on tv and there's all those slogans from adverts from you know i'd rather have a bowl of cocoa pops like why the reason that sticks in your head is because of the reputation because it's sticky and there's a whole bunch of things that you can do to make your stuff more sticky one of them is is something not to do and that is don't use like cliches and like turns of phrase and sort of bland ways of expressing things. Because if you use like a normal sort of cliche phrase, that actually doesn't stick. People scroll past it without having any kind of 
emotional resonance with that at all, which means it doesn't stick in their head because it's not interesting. They've heard it before. So one of the first things to do is remove any sort of cliches that you use. If you're going to use a turn of phrase or a catchphrase or something like that, which is somebody else's, which is an everyday sort of turn of phrase, stop using those and instead play with them and do something different with them. And a really, really simple way of doing that is come up with your own ways to express yourself. Like, use your local colloquial language. So talk about things the way you would express things with your friends or with your family. What are the sorts of ways you do that? One of the great ways uh, that we do that is just look at how would we actually say that in real life? What would we actually say if we weren't sitting down and typing a message? Another great way of doing that is to actually have an opinion and stand by that opinion. And yes, that opinion might change. It might evolve over time, right? But if if you're sort of in this sort of um, murky area of not wanting to really uh, divide your audience and you're sort of going, well, sometimes we might want to do this and, oh, I don't know, like... If you're worried about offending people, I can tell you now, we offend people every day, I'm sure. I'm sure we offend them every day. We hear about them every month. Somebody will tell us, oh, I was really offended by that, I was really offended by that. That's okay, because they can choose not to continue reading your emails, not to continue listening to the podcast, whatever it's going to be, if somebody's offended. Because what we do know is everybody, and there's thousands of people listen to this podcast, the reason that we know people stick around is because we have an opinion. We have an attitude. We don't use bland things. We express things in a really strong way, which means you know how we feel. But also, when someone's all like wishy-washy about how they, how they express themselves, you don't really trust them because you don't actually know what they stand for. They're almost like that person, I think. Have you ever met a person who you know they're just agreeing with you at your face, but then to the next person, they're just agreeing with them? Well, you don't trust them. You don't think they stand for anything, and you don't want to do any business with them. So have an opinion, stand by, and that'll let you cut through this bland, beige, boring, murky land, which attracts people and keeps them reading your emails. Now, what you really want to do is to mix all of that, I guess, the salesmanship, the value that we've talked about, having an opinion, using your language, mix all of that in with the day-to-day stuff that everybody can relate to or understand. So the things that are happening in your life that seem completely unrelated, that people can latch onto and think, oh, but I've been in that situation. My friend's been in that situation. My partner said that to me once. This happened to me. That happened to me. So for example, just the other day, I sent out an email about uh, what happens when you, um, in our house anyway, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, where you put the washing machine on when someone's in the pa- in the shower and suddenly like the water pressure goes askew and suddenly they're very annoyed and very cooled and things are wrong. So I talked about that. Now that's the thing that most people can relate to because, you know, uh, either that's the situation in your house. I don't know if that's a particular type of boiler or something. You can tell I'm not a handy, handy, handy man. Um, but basically that's the thing that people can relate to because it's either happened to them they've heard about it happening they know not to do that they have done that and so the minute we talk about stuff like that people reply to our emails because they can't help but share their opinion which is great and that's what we want people to do so if you if you're doing that or you're thinking about doing that please feel free to our emails feel free to reply please do um i bought this is the example i keep coming back to i bought a new mattress during uh the pandemic and at some point uh sent two emails about it and somebody replied when it arrived saying, oh, amazing, we're looking for a new mattress at the moment. What kind of mattress did you buy? And what that shows you is that actually we've become a source of much greater um, interest than just email marketing. Likewise, it's the kind of thing where 
Kennedy and I are proper nerds about like tech and upgrading our like desk setup and monitors and lights and microphones and things. And so again, if we post a picture of our desk setup, we get loads of replies. How have you clamped that monitor there? What's that doing? What's that thing do? What how, what light is that? And again, you just get to be more interesting about the you know the everyday stuff. In our audience, most people are interested in making and releasing content and having a podcast and that sort of stuff. So that stuff is everyday stuff that really interests them. But it's also the stuff like the fact that I took up running a year ago, not doing it anymore, but took up running a year ago. That was interesting. And it, and it, again, it divides opinion. Some people say, I love it. Some people say, I hate it. Some people say, um, I, you know, I, I wish I could find the energy to go running or whatever. So you're talking about that stuff mixed in with having an opinion and giving value about the stuff, uh, what that means to them and their, in our case, email marketing. And your, you know, your case might be dog training or weight loss or whatever, mixed in with local colloquial language. And you end up with a really perfect brew. One of my favorite things actually for like making those things, like those everyday stories, much more interesting as a little trick we picked up. I remember years ago from journalists, when I used to have a PR company do PR stuff, my entertainment stuff. And one of the things I know they used to do when writing press releases was actually just start the email sort of in the action rather than like tell the story about, you know, how James was sat there and his phone went ping and M said, oh, someone's being very naughty, James. Will you go and fix it? And he puts his shoes on at the door, can't find his car keys, finds his car keys, gets in the car and off he goes to save the world. Instead of that, the opening scene of any James Bond 007 is zoom, zoom, cars chasing, running. The reason that happens is because something that's already in action is much more attractive. Think about like a, a centrifugal force that's a nice word isn't it a centrifugal force think about it like a gravitational pull if the thing's already spinning it pulls people in towards it whereas if it's not spinning the water falls out over your head and you look like a right tit you know so i think in, i mean in real life evolutionary we're trained to look for a moving thing right so if you sat there perfectly still perfectly enjoying your life and something moves in the background we're evolutionarily trained to think that's either something i could eat or it might eat me and therefore i need to look at it and pay attention and our brains just do the same thing the minute we sense motion and activity and movement our brains latch onto that so it's a really powerful thing so what you want to do is start those emails in mo in motion, like start in the action. The simplest way of doing this, which I know a lot of journalists uh, use, which is you write your email and before you send it, you sort of delete the first one or two paragraphs because that was you getting warmed up. You can just, they don't need to watch your warm up. You don't watch the stretching of the acrobat before the circus starts usually, right? Uh, <laughs> you, you want to wait. You want Unless to, you want to get arrested. It's a, it's, a <laughs> it's a different show, isn't it? It's a different show. <laughs> get out of my caravan. <laughs> What are you doing, sir? Hey, so get out. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so you want to make sure you're starting in the action. So rather than, oh, gosh, I went to the bank yesterday and they'll never guess what happened. It's bang, the gun went off and, the, and everyone screamed. Starting in the action, make it dramatic, all right? That's one of the tricks that we always use. Like just start in that bit of action. It makes it so much more interesting it's just a really good trick to start using straight away. Now, I think a lot of this really comes down to some some mindset stuff and everyone goes, oh, mindset, when you say mindset. But it's true, right? Oh. Because a lot of us, a lot of us have de like decided at some point in our life, Kennedy and I did this a million years ago, decided that emails are boring and nobody wants to receive them. I mean, when email marketing first came about, not everyone in the world had an email address. Now everyone's got six. And like... Therefore, we weren't on people's lists and not everybody had an email list. Most bus more businesses didn't have email lists than did. Imagine that. <laughs> 
So I think a lot of us just just decide well emails are boring because that's the that's the world's conclusion people don't like receiving e- emails and therefore they won't like receiving mine and when you decide that they're not boring when you decide that emails are just content on the internet which is our big message when you decide emails are just content on the internet and therefore uh, people can like receiving my emails because people like receiving the good, right content on the internet. That'll, that means you'll write better because you'll look for strategies and tactics and ideas like you're doing listening to this podcast or going through the daily email course. You'll find that and then you'll you'll make a reason to, to build it into your emails and you'll instantly start writing better. So you need to decide, actually, my emails are good. Loads of people will enjoy receiving them and then you'll create better emails. You will, you will, and and it's it's a muscle. Like the reason I started writing emails is because I wasn't very good at it. I'm dyslexic, so I find it naturally difficult not only to write emails but to read stuff about improving my emails. So it, I decided that's not going to be an excuse. That's going to be my reason, right? Rather than it being your excuse, could it be your reason? Wow, we just got deep in mindset-y there for the email marketing show. Can we do jokes about, I don't know, double entendres or something quickly uh, and drag this kicking and screaming into something that's funny? But seriously, every time that you run some kind of sales campaign, are you saying the same sort of thing? Is it always the same thing over and over again? Do you always go, hey, I've got something coming tomorrow, and then the next day you go, ta-da, here's the thing that it is, and then the next day, do you always go, here's some testimonials, and the next day you go, oh, the, pri- the price has got... Like, is it the same over and over again? And for most people, the answer is yes. And one of the things we realized we were doing, because we're naturally creative is we were constantly coming up with new different angles to tell people about the same product. Like right now, we have five different, completely different email sequences, each made up of multiple emails, five completely different email sequences, which sell and promote and offer our one membership, the League of Email Marketing Heroes. Five different, completely different angles. One of them, yes, is that one that shows up and says, hey, here's the thing. Do you, want, do you want to join this thing? Another one later is, oh, why? You know, why haven't you joined the thing? Like, there's lots of lots of different angles that you can come from. Some might be content led. Some might be not content led. There might be a webinar. There might be a, a free challenge. All these different things. And as all of you who are members of the league already know, that's what's inside of the league for you. We share those creative solutions to presenting your different products or your same product from lots of different vastly different unrecognizable from each other angles and that's why when you have those in place and you have these different angles whether you create some of your own you use hours inside the league whatever it is you need to have different ways of presenting those things otherwise they are going to get boring because even if they consciously haven't realized it They'll have got, your audience will have gone, well, this is not very exciting. I'm not excited by this. People are only excited if something's new and innovative. So their subconscious is starting to recognize it and go, oh, I, I, this is, I don't need to pay attention to this. I've sort of seen it. It's a bit like when you get partway through or not very far through an episode of a TV show and go, oh, I've seen this episode. Do you watch it with as much vigor and interest as you did the first time? No, not at all. It doesn't have the same impact because you know who done it at the end or whatever, right? And of course, next week, what we're going to do is we are going to show you um, how actually to come up with a consistent flow of different ideas for your emails that are constantly different, that constantly um, 
are also moving towards your one singular goal, but are not samey. So we're gonna we're gonna show you how we use our batching system for creating email concepts next week. So definitely tune in, in the show. If you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't want to miss out on next week's show. So anyway, before we uh, before we wrap this one up, let's get into this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. So this one is 100% email delivery. That was the actual subject line, 100% email delivery. And this one's a little bit off the wall for us because it's actually about the thing we talk about. Most of the subject lines we send are sort of based on um, the story in the email, which means it's about something to do with, you know, the shower going cold while you're in it or something to do with the thing that was in your sandwich you didn't expect. Or it's it's about the story that happened rather than the thing that we're selling or the, or the lesson. And this one was actually just very direct. Do you want to get more of your emails delivered? You're going to open that. You want to know 100% of anything. I think that structure works for pretty much anything. 100%, you know, whatever. 100%, Success at anything. 100% win rate, 100% vegan, 100%. I think 100% anything is uh, is interesting. So that's Apart from 100% weight loss. Maybe maybe you don't want that. <laughs> Where's he gone? <laughs> he was here. That's this... <laughs> That's this week's subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. As we said before, next week we're going to be talking about our batching system so you can come up with a constant flow of creative ideas to keep your emails constantly fresh and constantly grabbing people's attention. So make sure that you tune in next week. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on the show and do us a favor. If you're one of the people who has not yet left a review of this, the email marketing show on Apple Podcasts, do it right now. Just grab your phone out of wherever you've snuck it Snook it? Snook it? Snook a word? Wherever you've got it, and leave a quick review. We'd absolutely love to see what you think of the show and be able to share that with everybody else as well. That's it for this week. See you next week. Bye.